0: Weezer recently dropped a surprise covers album called The Teal Album. It's dumb. It's all we can really say about it. We're going to yell a lot. We're going to complain about how dumb it is because it's just dumb. But we're going to do it in the format of American Top 40, like a countdown show, uh, because we're
1: dumb, too, and we hate everything.
0: Well, hello, listener. Welcome to episode 78 of the Magnificently Huge Podcast. This is Chris. This week, along with Eric and Brian, we're tackling what we consider a musical crime of sorts. Well, to get right to it, Weezer, the venerable band that uh, has ruined hopes and dreams for music fans everywhere over the last uh, couple of decades. I mean, they started strong and then have kind of fizzled. Well, now they're doing an all-covers album. The Teal album. So it's part of the Weezer color wheel. What more can be said. It's uh, awful. And uh, we're going to address the musical crimes that this record contains. It's impetus is the total cover of Africa, and it stinks. So we got our ire up, and uh, we talked about it. But as an added bonus, we decided to do it in the format of American Top 40 Featuring not KCK. We hope you enjoy. If you do enjoy, send us an email to magnivyslyhuge at gmail.com. We would love to hear all the hate mail related to this because we know there are a lot of Weezer Eye fans out there that, uh, well, probably gonna take umbrage to what we say. And uh, we welcome your comments. You can also find us on Twitter at MagHuge. Uh, you know, post to us there. We're on Facebook, Magnificent Huge, Instagram. So, all those places you can find us and yell at us. We're happy to take your abuse. Uh, We're also over on the sites where podcasts are purveyed. So, basically, wherever you're listening now, you can probably just keep listening there. But, you know, iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, uh, Google Play, Podknife, uh, pretty much anywhere. So, just, uh, you know, find us that way. Or head over to our website, maghuge.com, and uh, you'll see all the show links, archives, fun and sundry. And uh, yeah, good stuff. But uh, really, on with the show. We're going to be old men on the porch, yelling at you kids to get off our lawn because you like that dirty old Weezer album that doesn't make a lick of sense. I said good day. And we're back. Woohoo. Hey, everybody. Hey, all. What's up? Sup as they used to say back in the day and uh,
2: so who who made money on the super bowl uh i think
0: we're all losers on that one yeah yeah frankly sport uh uh by the way that's eric asking that question hi eric hi and then over there's brian hey brian hey
1: i'm brian and this is chris this is chris okay uh was wondering
2: yeah and it's time for another low energy intro to the magnificently <laughs> huge podcast
0: <laughs> ah. <laughs> it's what we do here yeah it's it's been a week i'll tell you that mm. but uh did anybody bother with the super bowl no no
1: did you see clips from it maybe no uh we live
2: in a cut cord house so there's 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 no game to catch
1: I was actually at a showing of the Princess Bride during the Super Bowl because it was my wife's birthday and she wanted to do that. Nice. So we oh, that's
0: to that. right. Because uh, last week uh, we were talking about the book and you had seen the movie. So it all tied together nicely. Yep. So uh, listen to that, listen to that show. You
2: know, it's funny. There was a time like uh, a decade or two ago when Super Bowl Sunday meant you could go to the mall or a movie and be relatively unpestered. But either the Super Bowl is not as popular as it used to be or the population explosion can be felt then because it doesn't help one goddamn bit.
1: (laughs) No, no. I used to work, you know, restaurants a lot and Super Bowl Sunday was dead so dead
0: yeah Uh, fuck the super bowl not so no mo (laughs) anyway (laughs) anybody else been doing anything this week uh that we can now do the uh what is it called what is it eric the the fresh the fresh shit that's the one this
3: shit is fresh oh shit it is fresh this stuff is real (laughs)
1: <laughs> it's like we're forcing him <laughs> to say it now <laughs> it's like feewee's secret word that's
0: what it is uh you got anything eric i do
2: actually uh, i've got uh as brian likes to, to, to lay it down i've got a book a movie and a tv show what do you want are they all of the same thing uh, Cha. no I, got, oh, okay. I, I guess you could do uh, that with mash couldn't you no i you it's could not <laughs> Okay. All right. Okay. Book. 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 I finished
0: up The Man in the High Castle. Ooh. You know what? I'm actually reading that right now. I'm on, like, chapter four. No. Okay. Uh, Have
2: you watched any of that Amazon show?
0: I watched the first episode, like, a year ago, but never went back to it, because I wanted to read the book.
2: Almost exact same feeling. I uh, watched the first, well, the first season... And I was like, this is interesting, but it feels trite for something, you know, Philip K. Dick would have done. And I read the yeah. book and I'm like, ah, of course, it was trite. And there's like a lot of stuff in that that is not the book. And then yeah. you read the book and you go, yeah, this is all way too high concept to capture in a TV show.
0: I'm it's just struck by just good early read early chapters. Yeah, early chapters, how much racism is just out there. Cause it's yeah. the third Reich and the Japanese have taken over after world war two. And yeah. so basically it's like slavery is no longer a taboo thing. I mean, it's like, what the fuck is this? It's just creepy. Mm-hmm. It's a good read so far. Yeah. Right it,
2: it, it gets better.
0: Yeah. Uh, but nice. yeah, that's
2: so it's, it's a good read. I, I, I think Philip K. Dick stuff is a lot like uh, Alan Moore's stuff. You really can't make a movie or anything out of it. It has to exist in its form it's difficult yeah it's it's a book you know it's like he found the right form for it maybe you know people should just leave it and read it i guess but i don't know who wants to read i know what a snob Uh, okay well cool so yeah that's so that's the book the tv show i finished the assassination of gianni versace and any better oh it's 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 brilliant like I said, it was a little tough to slog through because it felt so mean. But as you go through it, he he's basically staging each episode uh, uh, at, at, like a pivotal point in the murder, and then the next the next episode goes back before that. So he's sort of pintering and going back to the murder before that, and going back to the murder before that, going back to. His childhood like back and back and back and back and as you go through you realize this is really sort of a a condemnation of uh homophobia that <laughs> they were like you didn't you didn't care when he was killing gays but once he killed versace then he was a big deal
1: <laughs> interesting if to kill the right
2: one yeah
0: lesson okay. learned okay
2: well, he was also, you know, rich and famous, so that's when people suddenly cared. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, yeah, it's it's really well done. Um, oh, and the guy who plays Versace looks exactly like Versace, and I had to look him up because uh, I was like, oh, yeah, I, I thought it was the, I thought it was the guy from Just Shoot Me, and um, David Spade. That space movie with Tim Allen. Uh,
1: I don't know.
0: I can't fucking remember. <laughs> oh, the, the, the second lead on Just Shoot Me, the photographer guy? Yeah. Because okay. he looked
2: kind of like him. And it's like, no, it's not him. It's an Argentinian actor who is like devastatingly handsome. I went and looked up his pictures on <laughs> Wikipedia and I was just like, holy shit and the guy before he was an actor was a journalist so he's not even a bimbo it was like it was very very jarring um okay what am i saying it was a great show that's what i'm saying but but the 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 real fun for me this week was uh rumble on cell block 99 holy shit
0: What's the this Vince Vaughn one? Such right?
2: a fucking amazing. Yeah, yeah. Vince okay. Vaughn is this skinhead with some kind of past uh, and a wife who uh, has cheated on him, but he, he really wants to make it work. He's like, he's a very strong, potentially violent guy, but you can see he's trying to be a good guy. And. <laughs> Shit just gets worse and worse and worse for him until he ends up in a prison. I can't tell you anything more about it than that. It's a grindhouse sort of film, but it's a lot better writing than you're used to seeing in Grindhouse, you know? Okay. It's like usually it's campy and almost meta, and this it takes itself seriously, and it
0: works. How does it compare to, say, the prison breakout scene in Watchmen?
4: Never disposed of sewage with a toilet before. Obvious, really. To nothing.
2: Your move. Not like that. It's We're, not. There's. There's no breakout. That's the other thing. It's not okay. a prison breakout. It's. It's more of a break in. He's got to. Uh. Basically. To save his wife, he has to basically get. Um do worse and worse shit so that he goes to the worse and worse parts of the prison so that he can get to the maximum awful person lockdown to kill somebody. <laughs> so, it's, <laughs> he's only so it's like in, a video game. Right. He was only supposed to get three <laughs> years. He wound up getting seven years. And then he's told, you got to go make shit even worse for yourself. It is so just, okay. Uh, I, I, I cannot recommend it enough. And if you don't like Vince Vaughn, strangely, you'll find he works very well in this. Um, because you don't like him? Amazing. <laughs> really? No, but you'll be surprised that, you know, he's not obnoxious, I guess, but... Interesting.
1: Oh, I thought it was just, I want to see Vince Vaughn get the shit kicked out of him, so... This oh, is my
2: <laughs> movie. there's a bit of that, yeah, but there's a lot more okay. of him okay. absolutely annihilating people. That's the other thing, when I say, um... Uh, uh grindhouse it's because the violence is way over the top but the thing is it doesn't start out that way so again i didn't quite expect a grindhouse prison film but it really is at its heart and yeah but unlike the like i said unlike this other wave of grindhouse it's not you know obnoxiously campy is this on any uh, particular streaming service or anything or yeah you just find it it's on amazon prime for free I don't know if it's on Netflix or not. Okay. But yeah, I, ha, high high recommendation. And not even not even in a so bad it's good way. I mean, it's actually good. Yeah. <laughs> That's you you don't like
0: anything and you like this. Now I intrigued. loved it. <laughs> okay. Okay. Excellent.
1: All right. This week in Eric's Bloodlust Corner. <laughs> <Yeah>.
2: <laughs> That's the other thing. I was watching it and I was going, I was, I was watching it and not going, yeah, fuck him up. No, I was watching it going, Ooh, I wonder what happens next. Oh, this is so well done. Okay.
0: Yeah. I, I give it five severed heads. <laughs> <laughs> well, excellent. Yeah. So, so, so book, show, movie. That's book a trifecta show. this week. Good yeah. job first for me in maybe a year i think (laughs) good work yay (laughs) how about you brian what did you see in the theaters this week
1: oh i did see something Theatres, real quick i want to just say to anybody who's like a fan of our music shows like the old covers episode or whatever and who came here for for the main topic just if if you don't want to hear all this fresh shit just go to the show notes there's a timestamp. go find the part you care about but anyway all right i got a bunch of stuff the internet makes it easy so yeah, fresh it. Um, I sent you guys an article. Apparently, there was a Skittles commercial, the Broadway musical production during the Super Bowl. Yes, mm-hmm. which was just a one-time only Broadway show starring Michael C. Hall. Right, as a guy in a store in a Broadway musical, he is playing Michael C. Hall, who is in a play about making a play about a Skittles commercial during the Super Bowl is this the guy from Dexter was that who it is yeah Yeah, it's the guy from Dexter and six feet under gotcha and I guess he was the he was in cabaret on Broadway for a while there um but yeah it's this extremely meta thing you can listen to music from it on Spotify they have songs in there like advertising ruins everything what do you
4: want from me I'm just doing
1: Or this might have been a really bad idea. <laughs> or the,
2: the coda, this was a really bad idea.
1: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> During which at that point in the show, apparently, the um, the audience has killed Michael C. Hall and he's complaining about how he got killed by the other people who are singing the song. <laughs>
4: sales go
1: for the year i i kind of hope that no one has a recording of it and it never sees the light of day and it just is this legendary thing it's a unicorn existed yeah once and then anthony rapp showed up and rent started that would be the <laughs> so anyway i just i just want to Props to Michael C. Hall and whatever assholes decided that was a good idea. Yeah. Um, All right. Movie-wise, I'll, I'll cover this one quickly. I had seen reviews that sort of indicated that, you know, I've been saying for a while that we need movies that sort of say, hey, chosen one narratives aren't such a good idea and people need to band together to, to fight the big, you know, nasty forces that exist in this world. And I'd seen reviews that indicated that The Kid Who Would Be King, the new Joe Cornish movie, might actually be one of those aimed at a younger audience. So I went and saw it. Yeah. And, I mean, it is. It, it's just kind of sitting there in, this, in that sort of B-tier of kid adventure movies. It's like Time Bandits, you know, relative to what was out at, in 1982, right? It's, it's like not top shelf. How I dare guess. you, but granted, but, we have
0: thirty some odd years of time and perspective to look at time bandits again. Yeah,
2: time bandits isn't really even time bandits anymore.
1: <laughs> well, true. it never really was, and that's kind of my point. It's yeah. like it's it's okay. Um, and this is kind of okay on that same level for a modern kid audience. It's, you know, it's got some legitimate, scary imagery, I guess, for kids. Um, it's a retelling of the King Arthur legend in a world where the characters are aware of the Lord of the Rings and Harry Potter, (laughs) but a time when, you know,
2: (laughs) you'll be scared shitless when you see,
3: (laughs) can you explain your, Uh, can
2: you explain your premise again, though? What is this about the, 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 there's a danger to movies with, I guess, Christ heroes.
1: Yeah. So there are too many of them. We live in a time where there's, like, some fundamental questions facing society, right? Like, why do we have societies? Why do we have governments? And what are we going to do about big problems like global warming and whatnot? And we are so wrapped up in the a hero is going to come along and fix it narrative that's driven by these these hero journeys, you know, Star Wars, Harry Potter, (laughs) you name it. Uh, stories. I think what we need are stories that encourage us to band together and act in groups, and not just wait for saviors. So, you know, this Animal is a f- Farm. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, no, asshole. But
0: <laughs> well, it's a <laughs> oh, it's a funny funny sidebar. Uh, flipping around the radio this morning. Uh, <laughs> the song from spider-man just showed up the chad kroger hero song and so that's all i'm hearing Shated in my head
4: hero to Sh- Sh-
0: yeah that one <laughs> <away>. yeah. <laughs> so maybe that's tainted I don't know.
1: so it's interesting because that's that's kind of the conceit of this movie the kid has actually got a book about the arthurian legend and at one point Patrick Stewart, who shows up as uh, Merlin, or at least one incarnation of Merlin, Patrick Stewart uh, basically says, Hey, this isn't really, like, accurate. These are legends. And if your legends are outdated, then it's time for you to rewrite them because you're going to have to deal with the same shit, and you have to deal with it in a way that your generation should deal with it. Um... And, you know, nothing has really changed. They, they, they defeat Morgana, but nothing has changed. And he's like, well, you know, you've got a lot more battles ahead, and most of them aren't going to involve swords. Um, and they try to, to use the code of chivalry as defined by this movie as, like, the guiding principle for, you know, don't be a dick to each other.
0: So is it just sort of marginally a King Arthur flick, or do they make that well, implicit? It's a King
1: Arthur flick. I okay. mean, there's the Lady of the Lake, and they set up their rules, and there's Morgana, and they have to... <laughs> To put together the knights of the round and and I, I unite think, th- his didn't Mark enemies. Twain
2: do this? This is a Yankee <laughs> um, and King Arthur's court, isn't
1: it? It's a modern, you know, yet another modernization. I guess Look, I never actually. All read I'm the saying, King saying King is, King is, just because
0: some watery tart gives you a sword, doesn't make you
1: <laughs> the <laughs> ruler. Of- <laughs> but
4: you can't expect to wield supreme executive power just because some watery tart threw a sword at you. Shut up.
1: Anyway, uh, The Kid Who Would Be King. Uh, it's kind of the movie I'm looking for, but it's aimed at the wrong audience. It's aimed at kids. And I think we need to aim this at more like the 20 somethings. So, not quite. Okay. Um, Get to work, Millennials. <laughs> yeah, be our hero, Millennials. Save us. Yes. Um and the hero of The Okay, and then finally I watched the Netflix series Russian Doll. Ooh, it
0: came out. that's on my queue. It looks really good.
1: All right, so yet another take on Groundhog Day. Yeah. Um, this it, chick, they, they keep coming up with clever ways for her to die, which is fun. Yeah. Because um, it's a but nat- yeah.
0: Natasha Lyonne, correct? Yes. Okay.
1: Playing, a, you know, an acerbic Jew. She's got um,
0: really good hair in this thing too.
1: She's got amazing hair. Yes, <laughs> big, incredible. red hair, like Ronald McDonald red yeah. hair. Um,
0: Is, what's their this, uh, what's their episode length on those? Like, how many shows in this? thing?
1: Thirty minutes each. There's only eight episodes. You nice. can binge the whole thing in a day, really. Nice. Um, okay, I'm on. I'm on board. Yeah. Okay. No, it's 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 gentle from a from a, a binging perspective.
0: Nice. Is it like is it like dark comedy? Is it funny or do they play it more straight? Because I can't tell. Oh, no, no, really. it's funny. Okay, it's funny. Okay,
1: um, it's you know it's called Russian doll for a reason. They're peeling back the layers of her. You know it's 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 metaphorical. um okay. in that way, people say go into it unspoiled because ooh, you know you don't want to know anything about it. I don't know. I didn't find it to be as twisty turny as people um, were presenting it to be but i suppose there were a couple of reveals that were interesting in that way that i wouldn't want to spoil right but yeah it's a it's a show about a woman who is trying to deal with her sort of mid-30s midlife crisis she's outlived her mother at this point and she's dealing with all of the baggage of that and it manifests in the form of um Every time she dies, she has to try again. You know, so it's got that that Groundhog Day vibe.
0: Yeah, it looked good, but yeah, I'm it gonna, is good. I'm going to move it up the queue now.
1: Yeah, I recommend it without spoiling it.
0: Okay, once I see it, I'll let you know. Then we can uh, there you make, go, m- make Eric suffer. Yeah, <laughs> maybe I'll watch it well, by then. You don't know. You don't know. Hey, we don't. We don't. We don't know. Nice. Did you read and any books, that's Brian? All I got. You didn't no, read any books? I sure didn't. Oh, no trifecta for you. God damn it! Nope. Okay. Well, uh, we all heard that I was reading *Man in the High Castle* as well. So there's my book. I'm, I'm coming after you, Eric. We're coming after we're you. book twinsies. uh oh. it's the it's the magnificently huge book club for knuckleheads. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> let's see movie I watched uh, on. It's on Netflix. Uh velvet buzzsaw with Jed Gillenhall. Oh, okay. So, what did you make of that? Uh it's it's sort of a high gloss Corman movie. When you get right down to it, it's <laughs> it's a weird beast. It starts out as sort of like a satire of the high end art world, and then it becomes Final Destination because the conceit is basically that through some shenanigans that you'll have to watch the movie to really understand uh, artwork sort of becomes infected and kills the people making a profit off of it. And so the artwork becomes the instrument of their death. Uh, so you get a lot of people dying at the hands of uh, <laughs> of art. It's very uh, bizarre. Uh, they're trying to go for statements about, I don't know, commerce versus artistic integrity, blah, blah, blah. But really the reason to watch this movie is the cast. Renee Russo's in it, she's really good, but Jake Gyllenhaal just kills it, because he finally gets to just get off the leash, and he just goes nuts, just chews a lot of scenery. <laughs> He's
1: really... I understand this is the same director as Nightcrawler that starred Jake Gyllenhaal, and yeah. that, that guy is married to Renee Russo.
0: Yeah, so it's it's kind of incestuous, I guess. Jake Gyllenhaal so is It's like a little of... indie film. Yeah, it's pretty he... much... Uh, kind of it's sort of that- when I saw the trailer, it reminded me of the Corman flick "Bucket of Blood" with uh, Dick Miller, which is like the, the beatnik artist who basically just kills people and then sculpts around their corpses and becomes a big sensation. Uh, this kind of felt like that, but uh,
1: you know, it like gets the Incredible some,
0: Hulk, some jabs at the, the art world and the <laughs> rich people. What were you people?
1: gonna say, Eric, about Jake Jones' <laughs> Hall?:
0: Oh. Um, no, just that he's
2: kind of got that, that, that Brad Pitt thing now where he's just a great character so it's, actor.
1: Uh, it's good. Okay, Chris, can you not hear us? You guys can't hear I can me. hear you. You can't okay, hear me. because Yeah, Eric's been trying to talk, and you're not hearing him. Oh, okay, yeah, but, I'm not hearing anything. Okay. Said like 14 times, like a child. Eric, say the thing about Jake Gyllenhaal again.
2: No, Jake Gyllenhaal is just kind of that Nothing. kinky character <laughs> actor now like uh, Brad Pitt used to be. He does better with that. Yeah, I. It, it, I you, you can't hear me at all, can you? Everything.
1: I, I can hear him fine. Chris can't hear you for some reason. Oh shit! He's dropped out. Life is horrible. Hello. Oh, wow.
0: There you he, are. Okay. Good.
1: Okay. Go. Uh, <laughs> you start so, talking about uh, Dick Miller and stuff, and he's like, "Was it like the Incredible Hulk?" <laughs> <laughs> uh, Yes. So, Chris, you mentioned Dick Miller, and we should note that Dick Miller died this week. Uh, uh, yeah. As oh, of this yeah. recording,
2: and I, I want to point out, like after I found out about that, I did go and watch uh, Bucket of Blood, and I really liked it. I, th- I thought it was better I, than Your Afrochaotic Corman.
0: No, yeah, it's it's a very enjoyable because it's it it pokes fun at just pretension more or less, uh, but it's good. So that's sort of the, the bare bones thematics that go into Velvet Buzzsaw. But by the end, it, like I mentioned, it turns into sort of a final destination kind of a thing. So you can kind of see where that's going. But it's not Does bad. Does it
1: just kind of lose you tonally? Like, it's like, I thought I was watching one thing and now I... I'm no, I mean, it's,
0: it. it's, it's a fairly consistent tone, but it's, uh, I don't know. It's, it's a B-movie, to be sure. But it's a really good B-movie let's put it that way um
3: i said so it's, it's worthwhile
0: this week yeah it's <laughs> it's worthwhile uh so yeah if you're looking for a you know a fun movie that's a good one on netflix but the big one this week the revelation for me was on hulu there's a new series that has started called pen 15
1: oh, and it, oh it, it's, i have not watched it nothing fucking, this
0: Oh, God. Uh, if you've got Hulu, find it quick and watch it. There's only like 10 episodes, and they're about 30 minutes each. But it, the conceit is that it takes place in the year 2000. It's surrounding uh, a couple of besties in middle school, these two 13-year-old girls. But the conceit of the show is that the women who created it uh, are like 31, and they actually play the 13-year-old versions of themselves. <laughs> and then they surround themselves with little, little kids, also middle schoolers for for the rest of the cast that are the students Uh but the thing is that they they are so uh into the role and the personification of an early teen girl and they don't look like they're 31 (laughs) that you lose sight of the fact that these are grown women playing 13 and they nail nail every bit of awkwardness from the orthodonture down to just the weird crushes and it is so So goddamn funny
1: strangers with candy for a new generation or
0: Uh, kind of it's sort of like if freaks and geeks were centered in middle school there's a little bit of big mouth in there uh because they get into some some uncomfortable things but it's not like over the top gross out stuff like big mouth does uh but really it's just about the the awkwardness of being in middle school so you're in that weird tween area uh, kind of figuring out yourself. With the discomforture
2: of it being about girls, because they, got, they yeah. got a whole bunch of gross stuff going on. <laughs>
0: yeah. Uh, so there's a lot of in the periphery that kind of uh, screws them up, but the the two leads are just pitch perfect. And it's fucking hilarious. Every episode I've seen, I've laughed out loud multiple times because it's just, they nail it. So it's called pen 15. It's on Hulu. It's done by the, Lonely Island guys. They produced it. Oh. Uh, so it's got some pedigree. Uh, and then the last episode I watched, the music teacher is the the Vulcan from Star Trek Voyager. Uh, Tim Russ? Yeah. Okay. So it's got some weird cameos. And then one of the girls, her father is Richard Karn from Home Improvement. So they're peppering in all these weird <laughs> uh, cameo actors. Uh, but the, the core... Past is just phenomenal and it's uh, quite funny so Pen15 find it on Hulu and laugh your ass off alright that's all I got that's the fresh shit fresh
4: fresh fresh.
0: and those were the Magnus Huge Top 40 cover songs ranked this week from numbers 20 to 11 as chosen by an arbitrary series of random Google searches now on to the part of the show you've been waiting for the top 10 biggest cover songs in America this week. And it's a first for the Magnificent Huge Top 40 because they are all by the same band. And inexplicably, from the same album. That's right, the top 10 cover songs this week are from Weezer's latest eponymously titled effort, the 2019 all-covers release known by fans everywhere simply as the Teal Album. And on with the countdown. Weezer drives a stake through the heart of any goodwill we could muster for them with an anemic, weirdly lifeless version of the Benny King indestructible classic known as Stand By Me. It's up three spots to start things off at number 10.
4: When the night has come
0: the land is <laughs> I fucking hate okay. This. I fucking hate this record. Fuck so this much. cover.
1: <laughs> fuck this. Co- okay. So straight away, and I'm I'm gonna be criticizing the engineering and the production of this album as yeah. we go. But the synthesizer, shitty synthesizer, upright bass sound that kicks this song off can go fuck itself. Yeah. What the fuck. <laughs>
0: it's well here's well here's the thing not just with this cut but with all of them i mean it's just they they're like robotic exercises and simulated fun and this is definitely one because stand by me should be a fun song it's it's a it's a standard and uh
1: and this was it's like the boomer version of don't you forget about me right i
2: guess my problem with it is that it's it's, it's too easy a cover. It's like every song on this is so well-known. There is no deep cut. You know, it, it, It's exactly. almost like, okay, and we have to do an oldie. All right, what's the most sort of overplayed, uh, cliche oldie we can play? Stand by me, will do. Okay.
0: Yeah. Well, this is the, the gist. If you look at the track list, just to, to sidebar it, the album as a whole, they've basically gone through and they've picked the most notable song almost the signature song from every artist that they're covering so in true weezer fashion they are just lazy 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 Mm -hmm. and they're just going well people know this one so boom and then when they record it they don't even bother to do anything with it
1: they don't they don't outperform the karaoke versions of these songs (laughs) exactly like (laughs) <laughs> motherfucker i have a theory about this album that, uh, that uh, as
2: i've been listening to it i've been mulling over this and you tell me what you think but the whole thing really started because of a you know fan petition to get them to cover uh toto's africa for some ungodly reason and i think they when they finally caved and did it They were so pissed off. They said, oh, you like covers? Then fuck you. Here's some other, you know, really boring songs we can cover. And they did them all the same way. Yeah.
1: Uh, Do you think they did this whole album in the two weeks between now and when that video of Weird Al joining them on stage to perform Africa, like, got popular? And they're like, oh, shit, let's just do a whole album. Like, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, and I that's, and we that's that ew. level of care.
0: Yeah. And that's the other issue I have is the Weird Al's on board uh, legitimizing this bullshit because yeah. that sort of gives it that winky, winky, hey, isn't this fun kind of thing. But it's not fun. This isn't even a satire. This isn't a parody. This is just like they're the lounge act at the Ramada Inn down on Route 95. I mean, but fuck I do this think shit. That, that might
2: be the joke. It's on the people who wanted them to do a cover. You know, maybe maybe they're aping that. I'm giving them a lot of credit here, but I'm thinking maybe they
0: are aping that. Well, they had they had actually done a cover of Rosanna by Toto as a joke, apparently. And then that's when the petition for Africa started. And then the whole thing just snowballed.
2: It's actually Uh the other way around. The petition started for Africa and then as a ha ha ha, fuck you. They did Roseanne. Okay. It, was, it was like a way of not giving them what they wanted, but giving them a cover anyway, which is what makes me think
1: this is
0: all a joke. Well, if it is, it's not a good one.
1: No. I, I, it's, like they, it's like they owe money to somebody at Muzak, and they're trying to like pay their debts to, to be the soundtrack to your grocery shopping experience.
0: Well, this is the cynical take. Uh, they've got an actual album of original material coming out, in a couple of months or and a couple cares. of weeks. Uh, and they're doing another one for the color wheel. This one, the new one's going to be the black album. Uh, so they're kind of doing this as a viral marketing sh- sh- stunt, I think. You know, kind of get their name out there. Everybody's sort of thinking a Weezer. And then once the new album drops, it'll somehow parlay into people going out and seeing that.
1: Or it's just, just an excuse to play these songs as part of their live set, which is usually where covers come from, right? Like somebody's yeah. been playing the song live and they, and they decide to go ahead and record it. Yeah. But don't, but these I all don't f-
2: feel like they've been made out of blow mold plastic? I don't really yeah. believe they've been playing them live and finding the groove in any of them. In yeah, fact, that's my I, big
1: problem with these. There is yeah, no groove. Yeah, I don't convince the band is involved.
0: <laughs> that's true. They all um, sound really <laughs> bored. They do. Uh... But yeah, I but I don't think for a minute that they ever played stand by me before in a live show. And yet, here it is on the album. It's like fuck you.
1: Yeah, this is this is number 10. It's the last song on the album. It it ends the album on a ridiculous whimper. Yeah. I I can't understand why you would bother with this one. Like they no. would have been better off just having 9 so- zero songs on this album. Um Well, and
0: the fact that they don't even try to put their own spin on it. Like, even if you look at this song, and I know you had selected this one as well as an alternate, but like the John Lennon version, when he did his covers album? Yeah. That's actually a good version of Stand By Me, you know? I won't cry.
1: and that's the thing about covers don't cover a song if you're not going to try and own it in some way mm-hmm. yeah like yeah. Uh, Any cover, cover that
2: sounds exactly the same doesn't need to exist
1: yeah
0: well i think we've established this ruling in our cover show yeah. uh and more specifically when we talked about bands that need to hang it up i think that was way back in episode 16 please stop the music but we actually addressed the suckitude of weezer And I think this just is a good uh, dovetail with that, because they're just not trying anymore. Stand By Me is just phoned in to the nth degree. I've been saying for a long time, they they don't try until
2: they're in trouble, basically. And people will think, oh, they even still are around anymore. And then they come out with a song like Hashpipe or Beverly Hills. That that is a hit, and then that allows them to suck even longer. They're kind of like the John Travoltas of rock and roll. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well,
1: so, so this this inspired me to try and find you know artists who had covered these songs and made them their own. And honestly, this song just shouldn't be covered. It was even the John Lennon one. Okay, yeah, it's John Lennon, but it's still just "Stand By Me."
0: Yeah. Well, right? and then there's uh, a like, newer one by Florence and the Machine. No! apparently Mickey Gilly did one years ago. And if the sky if you look up on
4: Should ever crumble and fall
0: And the mountains should fall
1: To the sea So, I
0: mean, it's, it's a standard, but yeah. Just leave yeah, it alone. Yeah, the
1: two that... The two that I found worth mentioning, I guess Meatloaf recorded a version of this during the recording sessions for Rocky Horror. Stand by Good Lord. I
4: mean, it's
1: stand me. still basically just a cover. I mean, all yeah. the Rocky Horror and Meatloaf music kind of had that 60s vibe, right? Yeah. And then the only other one I found was from the the 70s, a guy named Blowfly, who it's not so much a cover, it's almost like sampling, except there wasn't sampling back then, where he just made a different song over the riff called Don't Suck Me No Mo about how his girlfriend doesn't (laughs) suck his dick. Don't suck me no mo
2: Red. That is a great
0: name It's kind of like he's, he's a mix yeah. of Curtis Blow and Superfly Yeah There you I go think, I think Weezer should have just covered that version Yeah f- For fuck's sake Just do something interesting Which this was not Number nine Heading into the ninth spot on the countdown this week, and up one place from last week at number 10, comes Blank Slate automaton rockers Weezer and their pop music baton death march through a twisted jungle of lazy nostalgia. It's an uphill slog that fails to bottle the lightning of one of Michael Jackson's most iconic tunes, Billie Jean.
1: Okay, so speaking of songs you should not ever cover, how about Billie Jean?
0: Well, again, it boils down to, hey, let's pick one of the most noted songs from any artist's repertoire and kill it. That's basically what happened.
2: Yeah. I don't, you know you, want, you you know what, this one, I just don't even have an opinion on. It was so flat, it's just, it's Billie Jean. What do you want? Yeah. I'm, can...
1: I'm listening to the album, I'm taking notes and my only notes on this are oh fuck you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's all I've got.
0: Well it's just it starts and it literally sounds like the pre-programmed Casio beat that you get at the fucking yep. mall. I mean that's literally what they did. And it's just come on. There's yeah. no there's no there's no feeling behind it. There's nothing. I mean it's just, you know. Ugh. I'm
2: telling you, we're gonna find out in a year or two we were being punked that this is part of an elaborate ruse. Like when, uh, like, 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 like when, uh, uh, those Saturday Night Live people made an actual Lifetime, uh, movie, Lifetime Network movie. I can't remember what it was. I think Violent Adoption or something. What does she want
0: with us? I don't know. Robert doesn't love you. He told me so. He loves me. Maybe Weezer should cover that. Yeah.
1: Do you guys have any good covers of Billie Jean? Because I I contend you probably shouldn't cover Billie Jean. Yeah.
2: The only cover I know of it is Chris Cornell. Yeah. Like a slow acoustic version. And that was problematic.
4: People always told me, be careful what you do. Don't go around breaking young girl's hearts. Mama always told me, be careful who you love. Careful what you do before the lie. Becomes the truth.
0: And it's not bad I don't know it's not, about that It's not bad It's not it's good not, I mean, but it's Billy Jean So it's, it's sort listenable. of like, eh <laughs> It <laughs> I mean, was unplugged, man You
2: can't it's dance unplugged. to it And that's the only reason to listen to Billy Jean
1: Yeah <laughs> uh, the, the best one I could find Was by a band called the Martini Lizards Which are kind of a straight-faced uh, Richard Cheese You know, like Club jazz with a muted trumpet player, um, and they at least put their own spin on it.
4: Yeah. She's just a girl who claims that I am
0: I mean, it's just, uh, again, it's like they were just throwing darts at a board. Hey, what can we cover? (laughs) And then, oh,
1: Michael Jackson's Billie Jean. It was like they were painting a target on themselves. Like, (laughs) hey, hey, what do you think of our Michael Jackson cover? Fuck. No, don't do
2: that. Here's theory number two. This was some record exec said, we need you to play some hits. We want, if you do a cover album, <laughs> the studies show, we could get more impactful uh, marketing words, marketing words, marketing words. Can you do a thing? And so they they <laughs> decided to do a, a, a spreadsheet and a few uh, Venn diagrams. And they're like, well, we got to have a Michael Jackson song.
1: And which Michael Jackson song? Uh, oh, my God. Eric you're right yeah you're you're totally right in fact that reminds me of the story of the journey album that was recorded with our Ar- arnel pineta the the new singer um mm-hmm. they made a really decent journey album but the only reason they made it was walmart funded the album and Walmart had done the math and said, We will stock, we will fund and stock this album if you also re-record the journey greatest hit CD with the new singer and nice. pack it in, which is what they did. And that's that's how we got that journey album.
4: Yes, a small town girl living in a lonely world. She took the midnight train girl.
0: That's exactly what this it is. Yes. Everything
2: is as awful as I've always thought it was.
0: Well, I think this Billy Jean clip, this, this is a perfect example of some of the reviews out there. Uh, there was one from a guy named Nick Flanagan from a thing called Now. I guess it's a music magazine. It was like one out of five stars. And he said, what's horrible about this record is the total lack of controversy, hence Billy Jean, uh, the lack of anything—it doesn't even pass as a joke album. They're just straight-ahead paint-by-numbers covers, like yeah. something a wedding band might play. And yes, that's exactly it. It's exactly like exactly it. Yeah, it's like the band should be called Tweezer, uh, and we're going to be playing <laughs> the the Ramba Room at the Ramada. Out on it's Highway like, ninety five, like a tribute you know? act,
1: yeah, <laughs> but the,
0: but the, yeah, but it's like an anti tribute act. It's sort of like, hey, it's a fuck you to everybody listening and anybody that had anything to do with the original song. But hey, are they giving pony up this a away bucks. for free? No. Is it free?
2: So they're charging no. money for this.
0: It, That's mean. Uh, here's here's the deal, Eric. Uh, it it hit number five on the album charts within the first two weeks. Ugh. There is no God. Number eight. The only song to debut in the top ten this week, number eight comes from internet sensations and part-time necromancers, Weezer. It's their horrifically tone-deaf disembowelment of TLC's Groovalicious 1999 female empowerment anthem, No Scrubs.
4: wants just sits on his so. No, I don't want your number, no.
0: oh i i have serious problems with this cover of no scrubs i have serious beef okay should you cover no scrubs uh it's this one it's sort of like uh remember when ben folds did a cover of bitches ain't shit yeah. And it's actually a really good yeah, cover. Genius. Yeah. Uh, this is not
1: that at all. This uh, is more of that Boys in the Hood cover. Yeah.
0: This is Weezer just doing straight up, and basically, what is initially TLC's sort of uh, female empowerment anthem uh, is not in this case. I mean, it, they just <laughs> neutered it to within an inch of its life, and it's like, wh- again, why? Fucking why? You know? Yeah. Uh, so it's a problematic song to cover to begin with, and I think this is sort of the one where they went, "Oh, here's the winky-winky, this one's gonna be fun to get people talking kind of a thing, and I think that's the only reason that they threw it on there.
1: This is another one where I, I really couldn't find a lot of covers, because I guess most of the world understands that, like, why would you cover this song? <laughs> exactly. I did uh, find one good one. I it found, the, um, Bastille. Yeah doing um, they have an album called Other People's Heartache Part 2 I guess they've done more than one yeah. but they actually dr- I haven't heard a modern band drop a lot uh, clips from a movie in a song in a long time so this one they actually have clips from Psycho in it as <laughs> part of uh, their version of No Scrubs which I kind of like that Sometimes we deliberately
3: step into those traps.
4: I was born in March. I don't mind it anymore. Oh, but you should. You should mind. It. Oh, I do. <laughs> but I say I don't. No, I don't want no squad. The squad is a guy kind can't enough from me. Hanging on the passenger side of his best friend's ride. Trying to hold on to me. I
0: don't yeah, well, this one, it just becomes blatantly clear that they just aren't doing this for any love of the song. They're just doing it to have a song on the playlist. You know what I mean? I mean, it just—it's—they're just churning it out like a factory, uh, to kind of get a—I don't know—some sort of mix in there. But it just sounds like all the rest of the tracks on this album. It's I so weird. I
1: think this one was a joke. Like, haha, we're gonna yeah. do the Blink One Eighty Two. Does song. it
2: in in their shows? Do they? I mean, oh yeah, yeah. And it sounds Blink One Eighty Two. I mean, it's got that yeah. going for it. Um, well,
1: and you. I, wonder, I don't actually, want to scrub. Scrub and get nothing from
0: me.
2: <laughs> With that brilliant harmony, yeah, yeah. But I, I, just wonder, and maybe we can, we can spot this as we go further down. But so far, the three songs we've mentioned have all been used in uh, TV commercials for something. I wonder if all of them were. It's
0: probably a Weezer versions. No, no, no the, just the originals. the, the, oh, okay. the originals. Well, that's what I'm saying, is that these are all effectively the top hits uh, for the artists in question. Yeah,
2: they're not only known, uh, they're overly known.
0: Yeah. I mean, these are almost with without uh, fail, and there might be some variants, like with the TLC, I don't know, Waterfalls maybe might trump it. But it, they all seem like they're signature tunes of some kind for the artists in question that they're covering. and it, And that just, to me, makes it lazy. It's just it's just lazy they don't give a shit
1: about the songs that they're covering they're just saying hey the only thing i'll say about this is and we'll get to more of this but this this at least is a track on this weezer album where rivers cuomo just sings it like rivers cuomo and doesn't try to ape the style of the original artist's vocal inflections he just sings it like it's a weezer song yeah that's the nicest thing i can say about this (laughs) (laughs)
0: that is Mm.
2: i think the name of this episode of our show should be crotchety old ben complaining there's just nothing good we can say about this
0: no because if you read the reviews uh they're well they're divisive say anything nice about
2: it i'm saying they've made something we are incapable of saying something nice about
0: i am incapable of liking this album i'm just gonna yeah i'm gonna be on record with that i think when i when i I I first when i first listened to it when it came out end of january because I was just like what the fuck is this? And I hated it. And I think I had tweeted that it effectively is like uh ear cancer. And somebody just who I don't know just came in and just said, "You're a hater." <laughs> and I'm like I'm like, "Well, yeah, no shit. I called their music ear cancer. That doesn't sound like someone who likes what they hear. I mean, Jesus Christ. So, <laughs> what do you have uh, against ear cancer, bro?" <laughs> it's not fair to Weezer number seven.
3: Morning.
0: Dropping four spots after its peak at number three 1970s art rock outfit, Electric Light Orchestra Gets an exact sonic replica of their fan favorite, Mr. Blue Sky It's done by up-and-coming cabal of Adderall-dealing rodeo clowns from the Midwest Known as Weezer this carbon copy is so sonically meticulous in its slavish devotion to the original, you'll wonder why you didn't just listen to ELO for five minutes instead. This one hurts. This yeah. one hurt. Yeah.
1: Hey, another uh, song no one should cover.
0: Yeah. yeah.
2: Another and the most well-known ELO song because of both TV commercials and the movie adaptation. Exactly. So again, no risk, no reward. <laughs> no deposit, <laughs> no return. I mean, you know, but the, the fact that, that they went—if they'd have done like a, a cover album with. Um, Zig Sputnik and uh, Papua Elite itself, and
0: just weird random shit, the waitresses, <laughs> just sh- things you've never heard of before.
1: Well, it that wouldn't would have be made Denise. It. it would not have made this album if they did that. Okay, anymore. so this one really gets my music producer goat. All right, because Jeff Lynn and ELO, that is like picking up the mantle of the Beatles and, and dragging it through the 70s and into the 80s, right? Like, he is the mm-hmm. producer. And this thing tries to ape his style, right? They have the slapback delay to kind of double up the vocals, and they're trying to match it, and they just miss the mark. So when you get to, like, the little clangs and stuff, they just sound like the shitty sound effect on your Casio keyboard. And instead of having actual string players, they have, you know, sampled strings, and it's just... yeah.
2: Uh, okay, but even just another illusion it's like remember about 20 years ago when Gus Van Sant did the shot-by-shot remake of Psycho and everyone exactly. was like why the fuck would you do that this is more like a shot-by-shot remake of Pablum I mean it's like 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 something that just doesn't deserve a shot-by-shot remake like ah Problem Child 2 it's a shot-by-shot remake of Problem Child 2 <laughs>
0: exactly I mean it just it's this one above all the rest of the cuts on this album this is the the one where I sat up in my chair and just went why the hell would I listen to this if I can just go listen to Mr. Blue Sky by ELO I mean you don't need you don't need this song it doesn't add anything it it doesn't bring anything to the table it's just sort of once you hear it it's gone it's like a fart in the wind I can't
1: find any covers of Mr. Blue Sky that I recommend you listen to not a one no they suck they, yeah. they're all just
2: and it's 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 no. not it's probably my least favorite elo song even because it's i'm with you on this i don't know it's like it's like shiny happy people you're not really sure if they're actually making a bright happy song or making a really pessimistic angry song uh but everybody takes it happy and that makes me hate
0: it okay well then as an exercise in futility uh what elo song should they have covered
2: Oh, uh, um telephone line?
0: That's a good song. Give me some
4: time. I'm living As
1: as much as I it's sacrosanct, I think you could do a good uh, alternate take on Don't Bring Me Down. Don't bring me down!
0: gonna say don't bring me down if you're gonna do any signature elo
2: tune that would probably be the one yeah see once again i'm thinking like not signature if you're doing signature yeah that's the one to do and also the the weezer rhythm section which is actually quite good could kick the shit out of that yeah just it would take more imagination that they've applied here i think it could do a death metal version of all over the world (laughs) it's <laughs> <That's> true. <laughs> but that's definitely not going to be Weezer doing that. I think if you're going to do... I didn't want to give in to my weakness for Xanadu.
0: Yeah. <laughs> but I think if you're going to do uh, just a full-on Weezer cover, like in the style of Weezer, as Weezer, uh, I think, I think DoYa would be a good one, too. Because you can get like the crunchy uh, sort of rhythm in the background, etc.,
2: now I've got in my head a cover of Don't Bring Me Down that just rocks. It's got like <laughs> See? two See? different bass players. <laughs> One of them is is an eight-string bass and just, just grungy. Just, Don't bring me down. It, it's actually very good in my head.
0: Yeah. Well, and maybe that's the the innocuous beauty <laughs> and genius of this Teal album is that you start thinking about How you would find other good covers. Maybe this is an exercise in showing this is how you don't do a cover album.
1: I'm telling you, (laughs) right? Power Man 5000 cover of Don't Bring Me Down would kill. Yeah, it would. uh, Perfect. Yes. Okay. Brian Brian wins that round. Yeah. Good job. And now it's time for our long-distance dedication.
0: Uh. (laughs) This week's long-distance dedication goes out to a little boy from Birmingham named Ozzy. It comes from another kid from Birmingham, named Tony Iomi, and it reads, Dear Not Casey, I carried that band on my back for over 40 goddamn years, and that mush mouth is the one who still has a career? Because of a reality show? What the fuck? Anyway, we wrote Paranoid, the title track to the mightiest goddamn metal album ever, because we actually didn't have enough material for a whole album. Turns out it was one of the best songs ever recorded. Which is probably why some soft alternative creeps decided to cover it for their joke cover record project. Know what we did in the old days if we needed a record album to fulfill a contract? We did a live one, or a greatest hits, and we liked it. These kids today with their cell phones and their internet and their vaginal warts. Flubbity flu. Signed, Tony Iommi. Well, Tony, here's that weak sauce cover going out to the Prince of Darkness.
4: Paranoid.
0: So, number, yeah, number six is Paranoid by Black Sabbath, and of all of the songs on this album. Bar none This is the one Where you just have to Scratch your head And go Why the hell Would you even bother
1: And he tries to sing it Like he's Aussie He, yeah. he puts that Aussie voice on <laughs> Yeah It's just Oh no. This would have been better If that
2: bass player Had had sung He does a couple of the songs Now and again I think he could have gotten yeah. it Right But And I, I Well this in- is, I don't I don't like that they covered Black Sabbath But I at least really like Black Sabbath And so I'm like Yeah yeah, why not, if you're going to do a list of covers, but at least they didn't do Iron well, it's, Man, that's all I can say.
0: Yeah. Well, it's just, this is, you, you listen to it, and you just start screaming in your head going, uh, if only I could hear the Kids Bop version right now, that would be so much better. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? This is just, it's heinous on so many levels, and it just, it made me mad. It made me mad. I don't- that's all I'm going to say.
1: I couldn't find anybody who covered the song who m- managed to make it their own like the Dickies. There's a lot of covers of Paranoid okay the Dickies Yeah That's <laughs> I'm wrong <laughs> you're welcome <laughs> I mean like Megadeth and Metallica covered this yeah. song and it's just Paranoid, right? Yeah. No. Like
0: but the but the yeah, if you if you want a cover of Paranoid, then just listen to the Dickies version because it's yeah. both Sabbath and Dickies at the same time. It's a weird Metallica and Megadeth
2: doing a cover of this is like repeating prayers at church. I mean they're all <laughs> descending from Black
3: yeah, Sabbath. Yeah,
0: yeah. It's very much a snake eating its own tail. Uh so for this one, this is, this is a musical crime uh, of the highest order that Weezer has done. And uh, from here on out, it's just going to set the tone for, <laughs> <laughs> for the rest of it. Number five. Once more, we have the Weezer moving up six spots into the number five position. After locking a troop of chimpanzees in a recording studio with nothing but kazoos, a case of Molson beer, and a brick of hashish, frontman Rivers Cuomo hit the record button to capture a cover of the Turtles, Happy together, and it defies any justification for its existence beyond an attempt to make the Kids Bop records seem vital.
2: I am really curious just how uh, infamous this album will be over the years. You know, just like how utterly forgotten
0: it will be at, or, or not. Yeah. Or it'd be like if you're listening to pinups by David Bowie in your Spotify playlist and then like a week later, the Teal album just shows up. Oh, we'll, you like covers? It's like, why? Fuck you.
1: What you See, I've, I've had to do this show, so now Apple Music is going to like keep recommending tracks from this fucking thing in my exactly. track list. Exactly. Um, there you go. Including number five here, which uh, the Turtles cover of yeah. Happy Together. Yeah.
0: Yeah, Weezer basically flipped the turtle on its back and just let it bake in the sun. I mean, it's Life. just another goodness. <laughs> I mean, the number of movies this the original has appeared
2: in, her legion. Yeah, I mean, it goes and goes and goes for decades. Movies have been yeah. replacing this. It's like we're all yeah. sick to death of this song. Yeah. Let's do a cover.
1: Uh, yeah, that okay, makes sense. But there are creative covers of this. There are. Um, you know, so like. A more straightforward one, the Flowbots did one, but they rewrote all the verses and they're done in rap form.
4: But I'm thinking too much and I'm studying how they toss the dice It had to be simpler back in the day When our folks were pretty certain they could find someone Now none of it's a sign We just want a date, whether deaf or blind or dumb I look at your number and wonder if I should call you up And invest
3: a dime in a message with text That doesn't belong to me But it would ease my mind to know what the
4: song is <laughs> <was
0: saying. laughs> yeah, Nice. I'm, I'm, partial, I'm partial to the Mel Torme version. 'Cause it's this a swing and crooner version of Happy Together. <laughs> that is it just it's both ridiculous and sublime all at the same time. I can't even explain it. That's just Meltor
1: Mane. Me me. <laughs> it's basically it, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's good. That's great. And Inside Out, the acapella group uh, had it. I Can't See Me stalking Nobody But You. It's the stalking song. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I call
4: you up at 2 a.m. I wake you and hang up the phone and do it again. (laughs) That's what you get for going out with other men. So happy together.
0: These ideas would have been great for Weezer. Yeah. But no. What'd they do? Uh just phone it. Record. In. Yeah. Phone it in, because we're gonna have to put something in the live set to pad that fucker out. That's all uh, it is.
1: Like uh was there a rights thing? Is there like something with their record label and the pack catalog? Like, okay. This song's been exploited so much anybody can perform it now yeah. and nobody cares. Well,
0: it's just like
2: uh yeah, let's just it's another check on a box. It's the, the, yeah. they have the two 60s-ish songs, and this is the white one, and the black one <laughs> is Stand
0: By Me. Okay. I'm not kidding. I really, I'm- No, I think you're a, right. There is a definite pattern here. Yeah, I wholly agree with that assessment. We need something from the 60s, but we don't want to offend anybody, so let me <laughs>
1: Happy yeah. Together and Stand By Me.
0: Ah. (laughs) Jumping an astounding 750 spots all the way into number four It's everybody's favorite Albanian folk rock vampires, Weezer Back with another forced simulation of fun As they take on a song that is found on literally every 80s hits compilation CD ever made It's the Xerox copy of AHA's Take On Me
1: Okay, this is the part where, like, from here on in, I've been bored and just sort of like, why about yeah. this whole album? But from here on in, I'm actively angry. <laughs>
0: yeah. As soon, <laughs> yeah, as soon as I saw this on the list, yeah, that was my first thought. Is it, Brian's probably having an aneurysm right yeah. about now. Oh, no. <laughs> they've, they've <laughs> no. They've delved into our
2: weird history and they managed to piss yeah. on
0: that too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it Take doesn't. on me. Okay. Yeah. I think it. straight. Of any of the poorly. of any of the '80s new wavy whatever that we grew up with uh, on this album, this is really the one that I I've never found any good cover because it is so it's distinctly theirs.
1: Yeah, yeah. I don't. Yeah, the, there's no the way song you can change is it. so
2: goddamn good.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: All right. So I found several that I because I went into it basically with that attitude, but I did my homework on this thing and I actually found okay. some that I liked. Um, Interesting. So, um, there's one that's like a <laughs> folky millennial, like plays before the movie starts at the multiplex by Annie B. Sweet. That's okay. Okay. I really like one I thought was going to be my favorite modern take by a group called Hello India Calling. It's sort of a modern electronic version of it. Um, okay. But, but the version I want you to check out Is from a band called Lake Street Drive Which um, Is this really like swingy Version of it with a Rhodes piano Holding down the groove And a trumpet solo um, Instead of in a, It's an actual trumpet player playing that um, That one I would recommend it, it, it just, Again it's about making it your own Yes Weezer does not
2: yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, just because you mentioned it, you reminded me. there is. This is not so much a cover version, and don't worry, there's nothing for you to pull for this, but uh, when Madonna was on Saturday Night Live in the early to mid-80s, they did a sketch about Telemundo, and the whole thing was in Spanish. And she comes out and, and, and starts singing uh, this song, which I never know to, whether to call it Take On Me or Take Me On. They really messed me up with that. Um, but yeah, she she comes out <laughs> to sing this, but she's singing it in like broken English. So it's like, <laughs> It's funny as fuck. <laughs>
0: You know, we probably should have covered that one And it had been better
1: <laughs> So, again, yeah, the this... music producer has to, has to bitch here yeah. they tr- They're doing a straight cover exactly. Of Take On Me, which has a very iconic sound And at every point, they fuck it up The drums <laughs> don't sound cool The bass mm. doesn't have that cheesy 80s pop to it And then the lead synth comes in it's a shitty, thin, like stock, cheap Roland synth. Oh, that was the patch. Yeah, and it's yeah. mixed too low in the mix, and it's just fuck you. Like yeah. seriously, the karaoke version is better. Well, you and, know, it's uh, not
2: just that the it's not just that the keyboards are wrong. It's that for this period, if you're going to address that synth sound and not be respectful of it. You better have a good reason why. And yeah. it's just, again, it, it felt beyond lazy. It just, it felt like, I don't give a fuck. And at that point, why even do a
0: cover if you, act, you know, are actively yeah. antagonistic towards the original? Well, and you could lay that on any of these tracks, though. That's the thing. That's why this album is so just spectacularly yeah. strange. It's like, yeah. why do it, a covers album... If you don't give a shit about any of the covers that you're doing But I think
2: this one is the most readily apparent just because of that It's yeah. like, yeah. you know, spend a couple more bucks or hire someone in yeah. And just make that keyboard part sound different or right
1: So there's an obligatory cover of Take I mean, we should talk about And that's the real big fish cover Yeah,
0: yeah, oh yeah What's your take? Uh, I like it's it. no good, that's like no it. good it.
1: <laughs> I think it's I think it's got energy. I think it's fun. Yeah. And they, yeah. again, they're they're doing something to to own it. They're saying yeah. this is the ska version. We've taken the ska version of Take on Me, so yeah. fuck off, no doubt. Well, the, yeah. the the
0: thing the thing with covers in general is you tend to see younger bands do a lot more of them because it's a way to sort of show your musicianship, and then you can get people involved in the show, and you can sort of change it up to your sound, and then it's sort of like a way to ease people in with the familiar and it's i don't know the the thing with this weezer album is just it's sort of the reverse it's like they're an established (gasps) band they've been around for 25 some odd years and now all of a sudden they're just like
4: oh
2: you
0: know i think you've you know i think you hit on something there because i just I, i i i was
2: just thinking about what you're what you're saying made me realize bands do covers so they can show you what their influences are so that they can say we're kind of like this and all of these covers it's like painting in only primary colors it's like the most basic you brian do you remember you had a friend like i don't know 20 years ago or something and you were hanging out with him and he was playing michael jackson and you afterwards you told me about it and you're like he thinks he's an artist, but no artist listens to Michael Jackson. <laughs> I'm kind of like, That's this. Yeah, of you know? yeah. like They're not, they're they're not they're not covering anything. Exactly. It's not so much worthy of being covered, but you know, it's not.
1: There's so there's, there's, aside, no, there's no place to that put reminds their own me mark. of. That reminds me of sometimes people's influences are a little too profound. So I I worked as a recording engineer for a while. And more than once would I be recording a thing, and then I'd realize it was actually completely lifted from an actual song. (laughs) And so I'd just start singing the actual song over the tracks in front of the fuckers that are, like, paying me money to do this. I'm like, yeah, okay, but this is the fast part to Stairway to Heaven, okay? So, no, you, you, you you need to at least understand you're doing that.
0: Those carpet-bagging snake oil salesmen and part-time moldy cheese log, Weezer, spent five weeks at number two with this workmanlike soulless rendition of the Eurythmics' Sweet Dreams Are Made of This. It moves down one spot to number three, and when you hear it, you'll realize everybody's looking for something, just not this. But again, it's yeah, it's not so much that uh, cover albums in general are bad, but it's just the 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 flatness of this thing is just appalling. Like as a as sort of a counterpoint, I listened to this one and then I went in and pulled up Pin Ups by Bowie, and he does like the Kinks and the Who and uh, Rolling Stones, and that's a you know it's a good album. But then you listen to Teal, and it's like. Yeah, there are no influences anywhere on this. This is just sheer product. That's the only takeaway that I have with this thing.
2: Bowie also knew all those guys, so you know there was a tinge yeah. of respect. And if he yeah. fucked up their
0: song, you know they they would have been pissy about it. Well, I mean, even conversely, though, I found some other good ones too, like the Patty Smith uh, covers album called Twelve. Uh, there are some really good cuts on there, but she does like some. Uh, like, Are You Experienced? Which is yeah. really good. But she does a cover of Smells Like Teen Spirit that is just, it floored me.
4: Well, whatever, never mind. Hello, 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 hello. The empty hand of innocence, transfusing street of the sorrows and children of the wood, hounded Rending all bales, unwinding all sheets of the dead world Droning, overturning tables Laden with silver sacrificial birds Beating goatskin drums Advancing with hands outstretched And we keep filling them with mercury, nitrate, asbestos Baby bombs blasting blue Scavengers picking through the ashes Children of the mills, children of the junkyards Sleepy,
0: and there's little none of that energy on this Weezer album at all. It's like they didn't go for any sort of revelatory fun. They just basically said, Well, this is gonna be stuff on the set list when you come see our show for fifty bucks or whatever.
2: And um, Tori Amos. Amos does a lot of not even, you know, meaningful covers. She just takes risks with her covers. Yeah. You know, the, the idea of doing S- Smells Like Teen Spirit as an acoustic piano number
1: is yeah. risky.
4: With the lights on, it's less dangerous, you we are now, entertain us, I feel stupid.
0: And it's it also is. her unique voice. Yeah. But you know what's not risky? Doing another cover of Sweet Dreams Are Made of This by the Eurythmics. Nope. <laughs> just, Which
2: I'm sure uh, is not only used in a commercial, but you know, also has been covered by Marilyn Manson. So Yeah. So
1: that's the obligatory. Yeah, that's all we can like, to say about that. Yeah. Well, now I, no, I want to say something, something about covering this song. I, I mean, Marilyn Manson kind of set the tone... I almost think that Marilyn Manson cover may have been the, like, the match that lights the flame of all of the slow brooding covers of 80s (laughs) tunes. Yeah, 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 that's definitely... Including the version from Emily Browning that was in the Sucker Punch soundtrack for this song. Was looking for covers of this song going, oh God, how? You know, Marilyn Manson. I was like, okay, let's just play that and get out. But actually, I found somebody who made it fun, which was uh, Rebecca Ferguson on a TV show called The X Factor, who did like a modern disco diva like erasure version that was actually like up tempo and fun. We good on you rebecca ferguson it's probably just produced by somebody on that show you know one of the tv producers but yeah eh, it, w- it worked
0: well hmm. again it's just this this is a, one of the safest choices you can make to put on a covers album and uh yep. i do not applaud the safest for- rhythmic song you could pick yeah i mean it's not like they're doing missionary man
1: that, or- that would have been better
0: yeah yeah. So, it's just, again, they're not, they're not swinging for the fences at all. They're basically just trying to bunt so they can get a guy on first. I mean, that's really what they're shooting for here. Mm. <laughs> Sports analogy fell flat. You're welcome. <laughs> number two. Clawing its way into the number two spot this week, a tune that has been on MHT-40 longer than any other song in the modern era. You recognize it from the movie Real Genius... Plus every single 80s night featuring two-for-one drink specials that you blacked out at. It's tears for fears everybody wants to rule the world. And like everything else on this cover album by soft rock internet trolls and Nickelback Defenders Weezer, it begs the question, could this album even exist without ruining the one song that a crowd of drunk underage college students is guaranteed to recognize?
2: Oh, we're almost there. Of all ten tracks, this is probably the one I like the most. One of them had to be the one I liked the most. I think this is probably the one I like the most.
0: Mostly because (laughs) eh, I don't really care for the original. So, to reframe that then, this is the one you found least offensive. Least offensive. Yeah, I think that's fair. Okay, okay.
1: This... This uh, this proved to me that I sh- I had thought about maybe covering this or head over heels, and nope, I'm never doing it, never. Yeah, like it's first of all heavily covered. Yeah. There's a lot of covers of this. Well,
0: song. again, it's a, it's the signature tune for the band. I mean, it's you'd think Tears for Fears, and yeah, you can come up with other songs of their catalog, but this is the the premier one for them. It's like boom, this is Tears for Fears. So again, it's just it's the the automatic recognition factor. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that Weezer's going for and they're Deep basically track, just nothing kinky yeah. yeah it's just a straight up cover of the most popular song by band X
1: okay but a better straight up cover by band X is the Reliant K version it's not bad of this yeah, song yeah I will agree with you The Reliant K had a cover, cover albums And two of them also appear on this Weezer album The Reliant K one, I think Yeah, I mean, there's no reason to listen to it Instead of the Tears for Fears version But if you're gonna cover it, they They, they bring it yeah, home
0: It's fun, but then the, the Lord one too for I don't know what movie that was for I think it was one of the uh, Hunger Games movies
1: Yeah, I'm not sure I, I remember it as being the, the theme music To like Assassin's Creed Unity commercial Yeah <laughs>
0: <laughs> I know it was also in a movie yeah. uh, yeah.
2: So it's just, again, it's it's a different take But yeah, come on And not not the same song But a great Tears for Fears cover I, I think still is the Gary Jewell's Mad World Which is a little overplayed yeah. now Because of Donnie Darko But great yeah. song, yeah. well done Very different from the original
4: And I find it kind of funny I find it kind of sad The dreams in which I'm dying are best i've ever had I find it hard to tell you i find it hard to take when people run in circles it's a very very mad
0: so i'm gonna give that one a thumbs down overall uh as well
1: yeah it's just it uh, it's uh. yeah <laughs> that's all you can and, say and All right, are we ready? Yeah.
3: It's time for number one. This is it. Here it comes. Number one.
0: It's no surprise here, the number one song for eternity is Toto's incomprehensible radio sensation, Africa. Because as sure as the Kilimanjaro rises like Olympus above the Serengeti... we can't come up with anything as stupid as Cornish smugglers Weezer stumbling their way into a massive viral hit and then deciding to make it the lead off track for an entire album of safe, uninspired cover songs. It's an exercise that feels designed solely to give the listener ear cancer. Fuck it. Africa by Weezer, and everything remains horrible.
4: I say hey.
0: So yeah, again, they did this one f- effectively on a dare. Yeah, I mean I'm that's really that. <laughs> I mean it's really I'm just that's what that. started all off. I mean it's just. <laughs> eh, <laughs> eh, meh, meh. And want, then you want to know
2: something funny? Uh, like I guess a week after they released this, Toto did a cover of Hashpipe. Pipe."
0: Yeah, yay! yay. <laughs> oh, I'm so much happier about Which, that. Which, and then that—that that that sort of you, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And that—and that sort of circles into my first reaction upon hearing this entire album for the first time. I just thought to myself, you know, Weezer could have just covered their entire Green album, and it would have had the same effect. I mean, it just literally—that's all this is—is is just.
2: Uh, 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 uh. What
0: saddens yeah. me so much about this, and it does really
2: sadden me, because I am. I I I am I am I am I don't know a closeted Weezer fan. They have a lot of songs I just love. They have a lot more where they they are this lazy. They have whole albums of just lazy nonsense. Yeah, and well, it's so just when, yeah, it's like you you would this should be so much better if they had been trying.
1: Yeah. So there's there's a version of a cover of Africa by a band I've never heard of called Pyogenesis. And if I played you just the chorus of this cover and told you it was Weezer covering Africa, you'd believe me. <laughs> <laughs> it's
3: gonna take a run to let me away from you. There's nothing that I'm afraid when I'm on forever I bless the rain, it's down in Africa. It's gonna take some time to do it.
1: sounds more like Weezer covering Africa than Weezer doing. Oh, damning
0: praise indeed. Mm. <laughs> well, I was looking up some of these too and then another one because uh, we haven't mentioned them really yet is by that band Ninja Sex Party that yeah. that I sort of cross paths with in my travels through Kansas City over the summer. Uh, I mean, but they've got not one but two whole albums related to covers. So again, they're sort of an up-and-coming band. And so they do a fairly straightforward version of this. And it's another one where it's like, well, it's yeah. That's pretty much the only way you can do Africa. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, you know,
1: but no, I I, uh, I mean, uh, uh, there's there's actual covers of Africa. We played in in one of our in our first cover song show, we played the a cappella yeah. version of Africa. That that was better. <sighs> Can do a, there's a lot of straight covers of this song, and again, Reliant K is back. Uh, Reliant K's cover of Africa is just as Weezer-y as Weezer's, <laughs> except they seem to care slightly more. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Well, that's the that's the ultimate complaint that I can levy against this entire enterprise is that it just <laughs> they didn't even bother. I mean, it's just sort of like, hey, let's just pull 10 songs out of a hat and let's just do them real quickie and get them out there. I mean, it's just it's like a it's like a KTL album if k Tell didn't have a budget. I mean, that's what it feels like.
2: This is a very I, I, I also like the original of this song. And I love the original. I think this does at least take some technical skill to play this song. I mean, you, when you have Jeff Beccaro writing the drum sections and you're repeating them, even if it is just a a straight replaying of the song, that yeah. takes work. You know, so if nothing else, it shows their ability. But yeah, they didn't yeah. add to it. Well,
1: and, and that's just it. I don't actually dis... Oh, there's a lot of covers of this song that are all... Basically competent covers of this song. It's kind of a bulletproof song. I don't even really dislike the Weezer version. It's just, again, it's yeah. like why? It's
0: just, yeah, it's lumped in with every other mediocre. Yeah. Like if they were gonna, if they were gonna cover a Toto song, because they already, we already mentioned that they did Rosanna. But I'm now in my head, all I can think about is what would a Weezer cover of Hold the Line sound like? Would it be good? <laughs> no.
3: no.
1: No, we definitely no. not. Um, I'll call out two covers of this that I thought earned special mention for just standing out from the crowd. Uh, one was the Hackney Colliery Band, uh, which is a New Orleans-style jazz rendition of Africa. metal. Uh, the other um, was kind of a Mazzy star type tape on the song by a band called subaudible hum which i mean again it's still africa yeah. but at least it's kind of got a different vibe going on I've been okay
4: blind, so long forgotten words of ancient Turn to me as if to say Hurry boy, it's waiting there for you. I'm gonna take a lot to drag me away
0: from you. No well I'm just gonna go out on a limb and I'm gonna say that the version by Kids Bop is still gonna be far and above better than the Weezer version. <laughs> That's pretty much any any song on this album you can levy that at. Kids Bop Did It Better. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking weezer. <laughs> Fuck you. Uh, but the Africa one that kills me, and we, and I talked about this earlier, but when you see the video for it. Uh, they even get even weirdly more meta because they set up the video. The Sweater Song. Like the yeah. the Sweater Song video where it's just the blue background and them playing instruments and the camera sort of pans around them. And then they get Weird Al to dress up as Rivers Cuomo and geek it out. Mm-hmm. And that's sort of a callback to the Buddy Holly song where they came in and played it at, at Al's diner. Mm-hmm. So it's just like weird meshing of three disparate elements from their career to kind of get a winky winky and it's just it left me flat it really maybe left me this flat. is
2: their their cry for help as they hit middle age maybe they're saying oh my god we're <laughs> not relevant help me help me obi-wan yeah
0: yeah uh so we'll see but uh i have a feeling this is their steel wheels this is their steel wheels album and after this they're they're just going to be cruising the circuit and uh living off of the goodwill just
1: just pointing out the stones are still touring. yeah It's 2019. Oh, are they? These guys are like in their 80s and they're still touring. Yeah. But can you name an album after Steel Wheels? I know. See? But they're still
0: touring. (laughs) Okay. Well, so will Weezer. So will Weezer be.
1: Oh, no. (laughs) I
2: I thought, uh, you know, Everything Will Be Alright in the end was about as low as they could go for an album. They proved me wrong. Not anymore. I, I... they, uh, the black album. they found the bar. I really am curious. If it's as bad as this, yeah, they just need to eat a gun and end it. They need to just not do this anymore. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, Chris, you wanted to call out some cover albums that were worthwhile? Uh, well, I did a couple.
0: Pinups by Bowie. That's probably, for me, the premier one. Uh, the
1: Patti Smith one is really good. Uh, Name like your favorite (laughs) track from either of those Like what's the best Bowie cover?
0: Uh, I kind of like his uh, Cover of The Who's I Can't Explain Can't Explain Just sort of funky, you know? It's like the who, but it's bowie. He just it's a weird alchemy. Also on he that does one. a great let's spend the night
2: together, which is just wacky.
4: Let's spend the night together. Now I need you more than
2: ever.
4: Let's spend the night together now. You know I'm smiling.
2: It's it, it's 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 basically the song on meth played backwards it's
0: yeah <laughs> yeah. but then what I found Heidi Smythe uh The Smells Like Teen Spirit that's probably the favorite one on there stuff she does really well it's a really well-rounded rounded rounded album i mean it's you know she's a she's a punk royalty and uh she doesn't give a fuck and you can tell and she's just having fun uh but the weirdest one i found was brian ferry did a covers album called these foolish things Mm -hmm. like in 1973 and i think that's the one that spurred bowie to do pinups but it's sort of just him going back and doing all the ones from his youth And the funniest one on there, I mean, he does Sympathy for the Devil uh, and things like that, but he does a cover of It's My Party by Leslie Gore. (laughs) It's just fucking phenomenal. Nobody knows where my Johnny has gone, but Judy
4: left the same time. Why was he home?
0: It's Brian Ferry and all of his Brian Ferry greatness yeah. uh doing "It's My Party." So, yeah, and his cover Brian
2: of, Ferry, take us out. And his cover <laughs> of the, <laughs> "These really. Foolish Things" is really sweet too. I love that album.
4: Gardenia perfume lingering on a pillow, while strawberries only seven francs a kilo, and still my.
0: But again, fuck Weezer. I, I,
2: if I'm going to pick a favorite uh, uh, cover album, it, it's still... I, I have to go with a compilation with the I've Got You Covered Volumes 1 and 2 of Ska covers that are frickin' genius, like uh, uh, Secret Agent Man and the theme to Batman, not the TV show, the 1989 film... <laughs>
0: and lots of fun. This, like Weezer that. did
1: it better. Yeah. Yeah. Weezer did yeah. it
0: better. Yeah. What? No. Uh, so, yeah, I'm, sp- right. I'm spent. But if you like uh, Weezer and you want to send us hate mail, we're at huge at gmail.com. Is that the address? <laughs> so, yeah, send us your hate mail because we're haters yeah. with a Z. Uh but all the shows you can find us on uh, maghuge.com with links and stuff, but we're also on SoundCloud, iTunes. Wherever you uh, find podcasts. Google Play. Yeah, basically. Uh we're on the Twitter at MagHuge, we're on Facebook, Magnus Huge Podcast. We've got Instagram stuff occasionally. So all kinds of ways to find us and uh, tell us how much we suck. If
2: you're hearing this right now, wherever
0: you found this, that's where you'll find us. <laughs> exactly. Yes. So, uh, yeah. So, head on over to the Twitter and the Facebook and like our page and follow along and share us with your friends and family. And we would appreciate that. Uh, and we promise that we'll never say another bad word about Weezer again unless they produce something that sucks. So, we're totally
1: going to say bad words about Weezer. <laughs> exactly. <laughs>
0: And that's been it for the Magnificently Huge Top 40 Countdown. I'm not Casey Kasem. Check us out next week for another round of great songs that probably sound like something that you've heard before. I don't. This is where I dribble off into nothing because I don't know what I'm talking about. Fuck it.